Well, maybe it was just because maybe it's because I was just there covering uh, the Queen's funeral that I've been paying attention to British politics. But it's hard not to or British the British economy. It's hard not to pay attention to this story because um, the new government, Liz Truss's government, is particularly the new Chancellor of the Exchequer, Quasi Quartang, has they've gotten their knuckles wrapped. Of, of late, of today specifically, the Bank of England had to take emergency action today to stabilize UK financial markets and head off a crisis in the broader economy after the government spooked investors with a program of unfunded tax cuts, sending the pound tumbling and the cost of government debt soaring. Alliance monetary analyst Mohammed El Aryan says the IMF's rare warning, which it gave today, saying that a, quote, material risk to US financial stability was underway because of these decisions and crumbling confidence in the economy, uh, they uh, basically urged urged them to abandon their tax cuts and increase borrowing to cover the cost. Um, here's what the IMF had to say. Here's why the IMF was so vocal about its displeasure. One is the IMF being concerned about the implications for the global economy of the UK shooting itself in the foot. And two an internal IMF issue, wanting to show that they are even-handed, that this is not just about criticizing developing countries when they make policy mistakes. It's also about being brave enough to speak to one of the major economic powers. The Guardian headline said a Bank of England's 65 billion pound scramble to avoid catastrophe today. Uh, the IMF again said late Tuesday that given rising global inflation, quote, we do not recommend large and untargeted fiscal packages at this juncture. And it again, it urged uh, the Chancellor of the Exchequer to reevaluate re the tax measures, especially those that benefit high income earners. So what is going on? In other words, this was a mini budget on Friday they released and it's caused chaos does it have any implications for other countries, such as us? Joining me now is Phil Cross. He's a Monk Senior Fellow at the McDonald Laurier Institute. Thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. It's it, speaking, you know, we've been watching storms uh, for the past week or so, but we're watching a real financial storm in the UK. What exactly is going on? Well, I think what we're seeing playing out is markets reacting badly to the incoherence of policymaking in Britain. Then on the one hand, the Bank of England was raising interest rates uh, to fight inflation, which is over 10% in Britain. And at the same time, the, the government introduced a budget last week that substantially increased uh, fiscal stimulus to the economy to, uh, to keep the economy going, uh, which is the exact opposite of, of the breaks being applied from the Bank of England. So I think market participants are basically throwing up their hands and saying, we do not understand what is the goal of the British government in, in this circumstance. We've seen a real chorus of disapproval this week from the IMF uh, to Moody's, investors, obviously. Um, it seems just the language being used, I, I can't recall such stern language being used against a government's, and this was a mini budget, keep in mind, just to, you know, as the new government was coming in under the new Liz Truss, obviously, led government was coming in. Right. Um, yeah, and you can sort of see she painted herself into a corner. I mean, she ran for the uh, leadership of the Conservative Party on a platform of substantial tax cuts. Uh, so she probably felt, you know, I have this mandate, I have to do this. Um, but it just didn't make sense in the current circumstance. I mean, the, the British government was already committed, like a lot of European governments are committed to providing a lot of bailouts to uh, households as they face a huge increase in their energy bills this winter. So there already was stimulus in the pipeline. 
but then to on top of that to layer in top generalized cuts in the income and corporate income taxes was just really bad timing you you would have thought that she would have said something more sensible like let's get through this winter with the current programs we have to help households and then in the spring depending on the how the economy is evolving we'll we'll think about uh, broader tax cuts but she went ahead with the whole program right away and um, yeah markets have just cannot digest this incoherence and we've seen huge impacts, obviously, on the uh, on the pound, but also today, you know, word, I mean, the Bank of England had to step in today, but word that there were some very dire things going on behind the scenes with pension funds and so on. And that led the Bank of England to step in here in an emergency way. Yeah, it's I'm not exactly sure why what the Bank of England was referring to. They they obviously were worried about um a disruption in, in in the credit markets in the bond market for long-term uh, um, english bonds uh, i think too it but they made it clear that this is what they introduced uh, today which is they're going to buy uh government uh, debt to keep interest rates lower they made it clear that's a very short-term measure they're just doing that to as a as a, for three or four weeks to calm down markets uh, it's very important to note that this was not a decision by the Monetary Policy Council of the Bank of England. This was done by the financial stability arm of the, the Bank of England. And again, that's very confusing to people because now people are saying, well, is the Bank of England supporting higher interest rates or lower interest rates? Because there are mis mixed signals in there. I think the best you can divine from what they're trying to do is they're saying, we're not going to interfere with the longer term trend, upward trend of interest rates, but we want it to unfold in an orderly way. Um, so, but it, it is confusing even within what the Bank of Canada's uh, Bank of England's policy is. Never mind how that conflicts with the what the trust government is doing. Because they were supposed to be selling at this point, weren't they? This was they they were like so many other central banks. They were they were moving on from from stimulus, right? Yeah, they're supposed to be unwinding their quantitative easing, which means um, reducing their holdings of, of um, government debt. And instead, what they've said is that at least over the very short term, and I emphasize the very short term, just a matter of weeks, they're going to be net buyers as they smooth out, as they help the markets digest this uh, this increase in the debt is issuance from the, the British government. I mean, Britain is an island. Is this um, is this crisis also confined to the island, or are we seeing it? Does it have a chance of spreading around? Well, hopefully not. I mean, hopefully other governments will look at what's happening in Britain and learn the lesson and say, okay, we have to have fiscal and monetary policy have to broadly be in the same page, or it would be best if they're on the same page, or at a minimum, they can't be fighting each other. Um, you know, we we've seen recently in the in Canada, the Canadian government announced some relatively small fiscal stimulus, but that's sort of going in the same direction. We've seen a Biden administration adopt a number of stimulative measures involving tens of billions of dollars of increase in deficits. So, I think there's a warning to governments there that yes, as interest rates tighten, as the economy slows, there's going to be pressure on governments to do something, as there always is. But if they try to do too much and and fully offset the tightening of monetary policy, then we're not going to have the reduction in inflation that we need. 
and uh, markets are going to have a very bad reaction. And you could end up actually accelerating the increase in interest rates, as was happening in Britain until the Bank of England intervened today to to slow down that upward pressure on long term rates. So listeners understand the, the the immediate impact on people in Britain, specifically mortgage holders, was was dire uh, with what was happening. Yes, but well, I mean, it was dire, and that, that's it. I think the Bank of England said, you know, we cannot have this huge upward lurch in, in long term rates and mortgage rates. Um, but they're also, I think, they also made it clear that they're just going to slow that increase. They want that increase to be orderly and in a way that that people can digest. But over the longer term, they're they don't want to fight that uh, that increase in long term rates. Uh, and I think there's a message there, a, a bit of a, a subtle message too to the to the government to slow down these programs. Um, so uh, hopefully that the trust government will learn something from this and uh, and get their policy aligned with the yeah. Bank of England. You think they're going to have to take a step back from these tax cuts? I mean, at least the idea of, of spending more in tax and taking in less in tax revenue. Yeah, again, I don't know why. I mean, you know, the number one problem in Europe and in, in Britain and Europe generally is to get through this winter. They're facing a serious energy crisis. That should be front and center. I say, let's get through this winter, uh, keep the lights on, keep the heat going. And then we'll see in the spring, you know, uh, Europe and, and Britain will be in a better position to assess what the uh, the damage to the economy from these high, soaring energy costs is going to be and uh, and regroup from there. But to try, try to do everything at once to to insulate households from higher energy prices or to partly in, insulate them from energy prices and at the same time bring in broader tax cuts just was not a well-thought-out policy. I'm speaking with Philip Cross. He's a Monk Senior Fellow at the Macdonald Laurier Institute. We're talking about uh, a very tumultuous day in England today, the Bank of England having to step in to buy government bonds to try to cool what was essentially an investor investor panic over panic's probably a tough word, but a lot of displeasure with uh, a recent mini-budget by the new trust government that essentially cut taxes uh, in a big way and uh, you know promoted more spending and and which was against uh, the Bank of England's monetary policy which has caused all kinds of confusion and lots of trouble for uh, the UK in the short term at least when we come back lessons to be learned for Canada here because as governments from around the world look at what other governments are doing to try and both uh, try and ease the pain of the inflation for their people at the same time as make sure we get out of this there's obviously some lessons to be learned here we'll get to that after this Philip Cross is with us. He's a Monk Senior Fellow at the McDonald Laurier Institute. We've been talking about a very tumultuous day in England today, in the, in Britain, uh, the Bank of England having to step in as uh, things got quite dark in, in England today. Um, with a new mini budget released late last week that's been very poorly received. Essentially, investors wondering what the confusion in both monetary and fiscal policy is there. Um, fighting inflation at the same time as trying to stimulate the economy with tax cuts has not been uh, well received. Uh, so there must be lessons, as you mentioned earlier, there are lessons here for governments around the world. But let's focus on Canada and what we've been doing uh, and and how similar, you know, what what lessons can be learned for us with what we've been seeing in England over the past five, six days. Yeah, well, I think the number one lesson is that the the governments in in Canada shouldn't be doing more than they've already announced to um, to uh, help households 
through this uh, transition period from the massive stimulus we saw to the economy during the pandemic to the withdrawal of this stimulus as the pandemic winds down. Uh, and so far, I think, you know, that's why we don't see this this turbulence in financial conditions in in Britain and Europe more generally being transmitted to Canada because Canadian governments aren't proposing that much. I mean, last uh, the last couple of weeks, the federal government announced a stimulus of $4.6 billion, which actually, in, in compared to the size of the Canadian economy, a couple of trillion dollars is pretty much a drop in the bucket. We've seen small programs in Ontario and Quebec, mostly related to uh, governments mailing out $500 checks to households just to, before uh, an election occurs, funnily enough. Um, but the government shouldn't go beyond that, really. And... Uh, I think if there's an attempt to uh, to completely offset the tightening undergoing the Bank of Canada, uh, then what they're going to be pushing the Bank of Canada to do is to raise interest rates even more. Uh, and that's, that's going to create uh, a lot of problems. Because remember, financial markets were sort of told over the last couple of years, central banks, including the Bank of Canada, told investors interest rates are going to be low for a long time. And I think markets are already adjusting. I mean, we saw that uh, global financial markets, particularly the stock market and uh, the bond market in North America, took a real big hit over the last week when the, because Jeremy Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve Board, said, you know, this transition, this fighting inflation is going to be a lot um, more difficult and more prolonged than markets had been uh, anticipating. So we've already seen a big sell-off in markets in North America because of that. Um, if governments try to offset this uh, slowdown uh, coming from monetary policy with fiscal stimulus, what they're going to do is just create more chaos in financial markets, as we have seen unfold in Britain over the last week. And, you know, there's enough stress in financial markets as is. You don't want to start worsening that. It feels like, uh, and this is from a non-economist's point of view, though, it feels like we're entering into a pretty tough time globally for economies. It feels like things are that the pain is going to be even worse than we thought, and there's very little that uh, that that much that governments can do about it. Yeah, well, we saw that you know markets. Uh, we saw interest rates run up in the spring much more than people had anticipated, and initially the the sell-off to that the. The reaction to that was a major sell-off in stock and bond markets. But then markets rallied consistently over July and August. And, you know, you pe you could see people were starting to think, oh, this is going to be easy. That we'll just have a, an increase of two or three percentage points in interest rates and uh, inflation will slow down. And it's all going to be very simple and easy and painless. And I think that's why Powell's statement last week was such a shock to markets. He said, this isn't going to be easy. It's not going to be painless. It's going to be much more difficult than people think. Uh, we injected record amounts of stimulus into the economies uh, in 2020, 2021. And withdrawing that stimulus is going to be a very painful um, process, but it's going to be necessary because inflation is getting embedded into our economy and uh, you don't want that and certainly central banks don't want that no we're still a long way off from their target of a two 2.5 percent so so what now for for say canada i mean in the, in the near future we're looking at potentially uh, slipping into recession i mean it, it just feels like it's going to be going to be tough what does this mean for individual canadians um, i guess we have to get used to higher prices and higher inflation and it's going to be around for a while 
Well, hopefully not. I mean, if it's going to be around for a while, then we're going to have a, a really difficult road ahead of us. I think there is probably a still a very small window. I think it's most likely we do go into recession. But I think there's still a chance that, that the central banks in North America can pull this off. Uh, Europe's a, a whole different story. I mean, they've got a, a huge shock to their energy prices because of the Russian invasion of, of Ukraine. Uh, I don't see how they can avoid recession, but I think North America still could. The key in North America is going to be making sure that the inflation that we've had doesn't become reflected in wages. If um, if wages start getting bit up to offset this increase of inflation, then the central banks are really going to have to tighten monetary policy. So I think there's still a small window there. We haven't seen, we've seen wages move up a little bit to around 4%, uh, but that's still below, well below what inflation is. But if uh, if wages start accelerating to 5 6 7%, then you're going to have to have further tightening from the central banks. And uh, this, this is going to be a very prolonged, to slow down in the economy. Philip Cross, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. 911. 911. 911. Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.